Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Late Night with Tony Stallings, where anything goes. Anything you want to talk about, I talk about nothing at all. Just listen to Tony Talk. Tonight's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and sponsored by the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, Tony just lets you take the show. Call in tonight at 323-784-9638 or just listen. And now, it's time for Late Night with Tony Stallings. All right, welcome to Tony Stallings Live. I've got papers everywhere around me, scattered about me everywhere. Um, And I am live in the studios. Let me take off my Bluetooth. I won't be needing that. And I appreciate I'm sorry for the delay, but I had a call come in right before the show that I could not ignore. So I had to take the call, and I had to keep my guests waiting. I do apologize sincerely for that. And I've got everything around me pretty much in the studios um, that I need to start the show tonight. I've got all of my papers scattered up, and I actually got a loaded pistol next to me. I don't know how that got here, but I've got a loaded pistol next to me. But anyway, um, tonight we've got a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, I really wanted to do this show tonight uh, after I got the news of this Obama thing. That's one of the things we're going to talk about, the main thing. Um, and uh, There was a lot of people up in the air about it, a lot of people pissed off. Uh, a lot of people had a lot of uh, different things to say about it, and um, I can see the lines have already lit up. I'm not taking calls immediately. Um, I probably won't take calls the first 30 minutes, maybe an hour, because I just kind of wanted to talk. But you're welcome to press 1 if you have something to say. I will notice that you want to talk, and when I do start taking calls, you will be in a certain order, and that will assure you to be able to talk to me. Um, well, tonight, uh, Saturday night, 
And let me say this first, man. Let me say this first. I don't know how many people are listening in the Birmingham area, but last Sunday night, I was down, uh, I had fallen asleep down here actually working on some sore stuff in my studio. And, uh, you know, Chris is the announcer, right? You know, he's 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 the announcer for the show. He's my son. He's he's uh, soon to be 12. I guess they say 11 and a half when they're that young. But Chris came banging on the door because I was, I was asleep down here. I'd fallen asleep um, in the studios working on some sore stuff. And Chris said, uh, <laughs> Chris said, it's a tornado outside, it's a tornado outside. So, you know, I, I kind of gradually got up, and then everybody else came knocking me down. And I'm like, you know, I'm this super cool guy, right? You know, so I started walking toward the window, and I heard, and I heard, and the roof went, and I heard a freight train. It sounded like, a, you know, people say, my God, there was leaves everywhere, and it sounded like a freaking freight train. I'm telling y'all, the daggone thing sound like a freight train. It was directly over my house, y'all. So I I bust back into the the, the studio and I I just sat in the chair. I couldn't do nothing, man. It was over the house. So it it all lasted about maybe seven seconds. I got up and went to the back door and put a light in the backyard. Oh my God! Just to give you an estimate of what I saw, an idea, I got an estimate on the trees that fell in my yard to remove them would be $10,000. I looked in the backyard, man. It looked like I was in Africa. And some of the people are going, well, you should be used to that. I looked back there. It looked like I was in freaking Africa. Man, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, I went out the house, uh, I heard sirens and saw blue lights. I walked out the house, and I saw firemen walking up and down the street going, is everybody okay, is everybody okay? And I'm like, why are they doing that? It wasn't until I got out, it was still dark, and started walking down the street, and I was, my breath was taken. I mean, tragedy, broken limbs, wood, I mean, stuff Everywhere, dogs were dead. Uh, it was a mess. And so I started banging on neighbors' doors. You know, hey, are y'all all right? Are y'all? It's like about 5 in the morning, completely dark. So our power went out, of course, and we stayed without power a few days. Our roof kind of lifted up, but it didn't pull it off. Shingle damage, we had some structure damage, uh, trees everywhere. But the good Lord spared us, and I, I want to give... Homage to the Lord Jesus Christ for sparing us. I had been to my church earlier that day, and we did a Psalms 91 prayer. And I went to God for, for saving us from that tornado, man, because it was right over the house. And Chris, the announcer for SOAR, was the one that got everybody downstairs. Chris, because everybody was kind of taking that lightly. But Chris don't play that. Chris don't play that. When, he, when it comes to tornadoes, that boy moved with the quickness. You hear me? He moved with the quickness. So anyway, show Chris some love. They lost their basketball game today against Highlands, but there's always another one coming out. I see a lot of people have joined us. I'm not going to take calls right now, but if you want to make a comment as we move along, press 1, I'll get you in the order that you came in. Um, other than the tornado, man, I think our power came back on Wednesday. Well, no, what, Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. And so ever since then, I've been talking to claims adjusters, uh, you know, people just coming back and forth, giving me estimates. And like I said, to remove the debris in the back was 10, they quoted me $10,000, 10000 
$1,000. I said, well, let me go check my other pants pocket. Um, I got my sore check yesterday. I might have that in my other pants pocket, right? 10,000 big ones. But anyway, welcome. It's Saturday night. We got a lot to talk about. How many of y'all mad about Obama? Clap, clap. Uh, let's hear some clapping if you're mad about Obama. Anybody? What, <laughs> man? I I posted uh, a, a little a little thing on it about this finger waving incident with Janice Brewer, the governor of Arizona. And man, I'm telling you, I got all kind of replies. You can go to. Why are you listening to me? If you're not familiar with it, I'm gonna play a small sound bite. But I want you to go to www.soulofamericaradio.com and click on Hot Topics, maybe during the break, and then go to uh, Obama. It's a, it, click on Hot Topics and Hot Topics, and then click on the Obama thing. In there, you'll see the Ricky Smiley um, thing where he. Um, where he uh, 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 was literally cussing out folks. What, what are you saying? My, my producer can't get in. You can't get in? Um, okay. Uh, but, um, but yeah, he was literally cussing about this thing. And I don't have sound bites of that. Uh, but you can go to um, – I'm sorry, I'm typing my password out to the producer who apparently got locked out. Um no, I'm locked out. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. On with the show. Um, but anyway, I just sent you the password. I believe that's the password. I think it is. But anyway, um, so so um, we've got a clip. And before I get it kicked off, I'm going to go to break, and I'm going to start talking and uh, let you let you do what you want to do. But let's just get everybody familiar with what's going on with this Obama thing. Because people were pissed off. Some people were going, well, man, it's, you know, there's either one way or a couple of ways you're going to feel about this thing. Either you're going to be on here and you're going to say, you believe all U.S. presidents are disrespected at some point. And you're going to say, it's expected. You're going to say, Bush had a shoe thrown at him. Okay, they laughed at Bush, talked about how stupid he was. Or number two, you're going to say, well, this is blown way out of proportion. I think that this thing, this whole incident is just blown way out of proportion. Or number three, and that's a lot of what I hear from our Caucasian audience. Number three, you're going to say, I believe people are disrespecting the office of president and not Barack Obama. That's another thing I've heard. People are big on saying you're disrespecting the office. That's first, then Barack second, then is race third. The fourth person says, "I believe this crap is rooted in racism, in prejudiced behavior." And all of these answers depend on the um, on the uh, on the age of the person on the race of the person, and the political background of the person involved. If you don't believe me, I'm going to prove it on this show. I'm going to prove to you that that's what we're talking about. There are lots of people on this line tonight, on this call, because either you were stirred up by it, either it pissed you off, or you just want to hear what other folks are going to say. Well, I'm going to start taking calls a little bit later, not now. I've got a lot of information to cover from you. First thing, I'm, I'm going to play a small clip just to get you familiar with what's going on in case you don't know. Listen to this small clip in case you've been stuck in a tornado somewhere and you don't know what's going on. All of this takes us to the photo everybody's been talking about today. 
The governor of Arizona with her finger in the face of the president of the United States. You don't see that often or maybe ever, so what was this all about? For more on that and the president's ongoing road trip, White House correspondent Kristen Welker in Aurora, Colorado. On the road to sell his State of the Union message, this image of Arizona Governor Jan Brewer pointing at President Obama has taken center stage. I, I welcomed him and uh, thank him uh, for, for being here. On Wednesday, Governor Brewer met the president at the airport in Mesa, Arizona. Brewer said she handed him an envelope requesting a meeting to discuss border issues. And that's when she says things got tense. He immediately um, took uh, umbrage, if you will, with uh, my book that I wrote, Scorpions for Breakfast, and was uh, uh, somewhat of... Uh, disgruntled, if you will, about the way he was portrayed in the book. In the book, Brewer describes two meetings with the president, including one at the White House in 2010, in which she says the president was, quote, condescending and lectured her over immigration issues. I don't know why he was surprised by my book, but uh, he evidently is, and he's very thin-skinned in regards to it. Today, the White House described the incident as overblown, but said the president did note that after their last meeting, a cordial discussion in the Oval Office, the governor inaccurately described the meeting. The incident was fodder for cable news. It's the tip on the tarmac. Is that really how we're supposed to behave towards the president of the United States? She may feel that this will score some points with Obama haters in Arizona, but nationally, this is unusual enough that I'm not sure it's going to help you. Now, notice, if you will, she said in her book that it was a bit condescending, right? Well, right after the meeting she had with Obama, and I'm going somewhere with this, right after the meeting she had with Obama, right when she was walking out of the freaking White House, after meeting with him where she said he was condescending in the book, listen to her own words. Hello, everybody. Well, we uh, just uh, completed our meeting this afternoon. It was a very cordial uh, discussion of what's taking place um, in Arizona and dealing with our security of our border and illegal immigration into the state of Arizona. When Governor Brewer was asked about the tone of the meeting, here was her reply. What was the tone of the a very cordial, very, very cordial. No, 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 no. You couldn't have said cordial because in the book you said it was condescending and you came back and said it was cordial. Okay, 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 that's fine. All of that's fine. My thing is this. My thing is this. Uh, she felt threatened by the president, she says. And we've got some comments uh, that were posted, as a matter of fact, on Facebook about that. Now, my thing is this. My thing is this, and 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 I'm serious about this. I'm very serious about. I am very serious about this. Okay. Now we can play games all night. Well, I tell you what. Hold that thought. I'm gonna go to a break, and when I come back, we're gonna have a heart-to-heart talk because I think it's time that we stop playing around and we stop overlooking the fact <laughs> and trying to dress this up for people. Now, I'm going to speak my mind tonight. I don't know if you've ever heard me speak my mind, but I'm going to speak my mind. I'm not angry. I'm not an angry black man, and I just want to speak my mind tonight. Is that okay with y'all? I'll be right back, and we're going to get this thing rolling. Yeah. 
listening to our show on the internet oh man well join us live in our brand new chat room located on the show page at the bottom go to www.soulofamericaradio.com follow the instructions to get to the show page and then join us live in the chat room you can type what you want in the chat room and say anything any way you want to get your questions answered submit your comments talk some trash Right now, this is the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to Tony Stallings, and I'm all the way live. Call me tonight at 323-784-9638. Get yourself heard right here on the Soul of America Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio. And now, back to Tony on the Soul of America Radio. Hmm. 
The email has become the subject of a like a frenzy, a media frenzy. And it's it's been around to some major networks, some some uh, mainstream, and they began reporting it around you know uh, that, uh, uh, the, around the time it came out, and um, it's actually a prayer for the death of a leader. And I guess the most disturbing part of the prayer is in line seven through twelve, where he says, "When he shall be judged, let him be condemned." And let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few. Let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless, his wife a widow. Let his children be continually vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread. I'm not going to read no more of this crap. I mean, uh, come on, come on now. I mean, look, look, listen. I don't think there's ever been anything like this in the history of the United States. And then he says in his, at the last of his email, he says, at last, I can honestly voice a biblical prayer for our president. Look it up. It is a word for word. Let us all bow our heads and pray. Brothers and sisters, can I get an amen? That's what he said in his email. That's what he said. These are elected officials saying this kind of stuff. I mean, these people were, were, were put into office by by the, by the people of the United States. Listen to this. This same guy a week before that sent another email out. And all of this you can get on soulofamericaradio.com. Uh, it'll be at the bottom of Hot Topics. Uh, go to soulofamericaradio.com, click on Hot Topics, and then click on Hot Topics again to you see Obama. He apologized, of course, on January 6th for an email calling Michelle Obama, get this, Mrs. Yo Mama, Y-O-M-A-M-A. And he compared her to the Grinch because of her hairstyle that she had at a particular time. Uh, I, I think, you know, maybe she had been uh, in some active activity or something and a piece of her hair was sticking up. So he compares her. He put an email in with a picture of the Grinch on the left side. These are elected officials, people, and a picture of the first lady, and said and compared her to the to the Grinch. And these pictures, you know, they they've been all over the world. Sorry, just had to forward this latest holiday message. O'Neill wrote, "I've had worse." Hair days, but this is pretty funny, he says. Now, I mean, you can say, Tony, you're blowing this way out of proportion. You could. You could say, well, Tony, they, they, I don't recall um, Laura Bush, Barbara Bush, or Ms. Clinton being depicted in this matter, especially, uh, what, was the, what was the name of the lady? Onassis? Oh, they loved her, and rightly so. These are first ladies. And I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not through. He said, to those I have offended, I am sorry. That was not at all my intent. <laughs> that wasn't his intent. He said he didn't intend to offend anybody. Let me just give you something here before I get deep into this thing. Definitions of racism and racial discrimination. Now, I've been seeing that thrown around on Facebook what bothers me is these people that come on and give comments saying that what's race got to do with it. And, you know, at first I bought into that because I said, you know what, 
What does race have to do with, with that? That's the office of the president. You're disrespecting the office of the president. The definition of racism is any action or attitude, and I see callers asking to come on. Nope, I'm not bringing on callers right now. Like I said, I see you. You've pressed the uh, button. I know you're there, and I'm going to get with you soon. I'm going to be bringing you on the air, and I'll let you talk. Um, any action or attitude, conscious or unconscious, right, that subordinates an individual or group based on skin color or race. It can be enacted individually or institutionally. Now, racial discrimination is different. It's when you treat people differently based on racial origins, you have to have power. It's a necessity. It's a necessary precondition, for it depends on the ability to give or withhold benefits, facilities, services, and that sort of thing, like it did in the 60s. You know, we couldn't drink out of this water fountain. They made laws where Negroes couldn't drink out of certain water fountains. That's what that is, racial discrimination. So the governor of Arizona pointing her finger in the face of Barack Obama in that respect is not necessarily racism. So erase that out of your head. It's not racism per se. Okay? Now, if you feel it was blown way out of proportion, or if you feel like that people are disrespecting the office of Barack Obama, the office of president, I'd like to hear from you a little later in the show. I don't know if the people that have, have already uh, pressed one that indicate they want to speak want to say that. I'm going to ask my producer to screen them, and if, they want to, if that's what they wanted to comment on, I might bring them right on. Other, otherwise, I'm going to keep on with what I'm talking because I'm going to get the calls a little bit later in the show. Now, first of all, let me give this number out, and I'm going to be giving this number out throughout the show. Write it down. Get a pencil and paper. We've got to wake up. Martin Luther King died in the 60s along with Mega Evers, along with uh, uh, Malcolm X, along with other leaders that had a dream. We haven't arrived. <laughs> we have not arrived. This is not a place where we can sit down and relax now. You know, we got a president. Everybody needs to get a, a, a box of chicken and a Lexus. No, that's not where we are. That's not where we are. I want you, everybody in the sound of my voice, to get a pen and paper, and I want you to do something. Faith without works is dead. And I've, that's another thing. Oh, my God. That's another thing. When I see people say, just pray for the president. Okay, true enough. Prayer is always good. Men ought always to pray. That's Paul in the New Testament. Right? Right? But also, when Jesus ever did anything any miracle, any change, anything effective, he really didn't pray except for Lazarus. He just spoke what he needed. Well, it's time for us to start speaking. It's time for us to start opening our mouths and quit ducking our heads in the sand. You know, people, I've seen black people now say we're pulling a race card. There is no such thing as a race card. When people were getting busted upside, busted, that's what I said, busted. When people were getting knocked upside the head in the 60s, blood splattering everywhere, was that a race card? I want you to dial this number. 
It's the office of Janice K. Brewer, Arizona governor. And I want you to tell them what you feel. If there's somebody out there, if there's one person out of all these people I see on this call, on this phone, on this, on the, in my studio that's, that's listening to this call, I want you to do something. Call 602-542-4331, and you let them know the outrage. We've got to do this. Let me tell you. I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain. If you say, well, I don't know what to say, I'm going to talk to you. 602-542-4331. Or go to soulofamericaradio.com under topics and click, keep clicking topics till you see Obama. Or you can go online at uh, www.azgovernor, A as in apple, Z as in zebra, governor.gov forward slash contact. Here's what I'm talking about, people. Here's what I'm talking about. I heard Ricky Smiley and uh, uh, talking about this, and it sort of prompted me uh, as well. I'm not an angry black man. I'm not mad. But I lived in the 60s, people. I grew up in Selma, Alabama. I grew up when the Klan rode at night. And I lived, thank God, through the mercy of God, to see a black man elected president of the United States of America. Each and every time this man has been disrespected, we're going backwards, away from the dream. See, getting him in office is one thing, but moving toward the dream and staying focused is another. We're going to have to wake up. We're going to have to wake up. Laying around, typing this stuff on Facebook is good. Poking on Facebook, posting pictures of it is good. But we got to do something. We got to get those fingers off the keyboard and get them onto the phone or write or email or call. And you say, well, Tony, you say you're not angry, but you sound angry. (laughs) I guess it's the complacency that bothers me. I've already called the office. I've already faxed them a letter. I've already gone to the website to contact and sent, a, sent my information. I didn't cuss. I didn't act a fool. I intelligently wrote how I felt. At least I thought it was intelligent. I don't know. I did a spell check. I have, I have in front of me what I call a disrespect page on Obama. Let me, and for some of the people that said, just pray for Obama, just pray, just pray, just pray, just just pray. Don't, don't do nothing, just pray. Just pray. I never heard Jesus say, just pray. I'm sure I'm going to get emails and cards and letters about that. But I really don't care. Faith without works is dead, my friends. Listen to this. President Barack Obama asked to deliver his economic speech to the joint session of Congress. House Speaker Boehner told him he he wanted to use, he, he says, he wanted to use, he wanted to deliver his speech to the joint session of Congress that Wednesday. House Speaker John Boehner, you know, we got into it with him about the, uh, about the uh, uh, debt ceiling, told him, no, no. You'll have to do it on the 8th. That has never been done in the history of the presidents that we've ever had. 
Never. Never. But the real conflict appears that the GOP presidential debate was scheduled at the same date. We wouldn't want to miss that. So you got to tell the president no. Right? You still you still not with me, right? It's still it's all a misunderstanding, right? I'm just blowing this way out of proportion. We need to stop looking at the race issue and stop pulling the race card. We need to stop. That's bull. That's historic, people. Never in our nation's history has a president been publicly denied access to the chamber for an address. Did you hear what I just said? Now, that's according to the House historian. Coincidence, maybe? Couldn't have been because he was black. Oklahoma Senator Tom Coburn, who supposedly enjoys a warm relationship with the president, says he doesn't think President Obama wants to destroy the country, but his intent to create dependency because it works so well for him as an African-American male who received tremendous advantage from welfare programs. Let me break that down to you in plain English. Let me break it down to you as ebonically as I can. He's saying he don't think President Obama want to do his end on the country. But he's saying, well, President Obama probably benefited from the food stamps in Section 8 in welfare, he had to because he's black. Come on, people. Come on. Come on now. Work with me. That ain't enough? Is that not enough? Congressman Mitch McConnell. Now, I, I challenge anybody out there to call me up and tell me another president that is anywhere close to even Bush, that is anywhere close to this type of disrespect. I challenge you. Congressman Mitch McConnell, bold proclamation, says that he wants to be Senate Majority Leader to make sure that Obama is a one-term president. Yeah, it's not bad, right? His whole agenda was to make him a one-term president. Why? The man wasn't even in office good when he said that, really. Rush Limbaugh. And this is another, this is a deep one. He's saying... He said that he wanted to see the president fail. Now, later on, he came back and modified it and said, well, I meant his policies. But when, he, but, but when it was said, he was, in, he was in office less than a year into the presidency. He was still cleaning up the mess from the previous president's policies, which Limbaugh obviously had very little to say about during the Bush era. He's cleaning up the mess from another president. And this man says that. Wow. Former news host Glenn Beck, notice the word former, Fox News host, declaring on the air that the president hates white people and the white culture. Now that one, I've heard plenty of people say that Bush hates black people 
and black culture. So <laughs> I can just mark that one on off because I, I, I can one for one say that that is one that uh that uh that probably equates to something Bush did. How about this? If that ain't enough, how about Donald Trump demanding to see this man's birth certificate? Did they demand to see Clinton's birth certificate? Did they demand to see Bush's birth certificate, one or two? Did they demand to see anybody's birth certificate in the history of the United States? I challenge you, show me one shred of evidence where any president has had to produce a birth certificate. You say, well, it's because he's mixed, he's black. He's... It's because he's black. That's why. He's black. I mean, I, I could dance around it. I could try to make it sound better. I could try to make you feel better. It's because he's black. I'm not taking calls right now. I see I, I see a, a number out there. I see you holding a number of people out there. I'm going to get the calls in a minute. It's because he's black. No other way around it. Tea Party. The Tea Party. The Tea Party. If you think the Tea Party is racist, I'd love to hear from you a little later in the show. I would love to hear from you. You know, they shout, we want our country back. Okay? And the negative attention that he gets to uh, uh, seems to attract across partisan lines. Right? Even before he took office, Joe Biden referred to him as the first. Now, listen to this. You got to listen carefully when you listen to these folk talk. Listen to this. He says, he, Joe Biden who is now the, you know, the vice president, he referred to him as the first, listen to this, clean, articulate African-American candidate, which I'm assuming was meant as a compliment. And I guess if you flip it like my pastor say, that the rest of the African-American candidates that had been up before running for president were unclean, unarticulate, and could not express themselves as eloquent as our president. Hmm. So what's this all about? It seems like, and I'm going to say this, put up your kids, put up everybody. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm pa- it's past 9 o'clock. I'm going to talk it like I want to talk it. I know there's some pastors and, 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 and some people out there listening. That's fine. I'm going to say it. It seems like there's a pissing contest going on. But the only ones getting wet are the American people. That's right. I said it. Many of us whom are suffering from the worst economic times in our lives, brought on by the first administration. Now, you may call this obstructionism. But I think something else is going on. Now, I'm not saying it's race. But if it cracks like a duck, and if it walks like a duck, nine times out of ten, you got a duck. Hang with me. Coming back, we got more information, more stuff to sling out. We might take a few calls. We'll be right back. Living in drug endless like motor speeders from what motor speeders 
because they I'm Tony, and you're listening to me on the Soul of America Radio. We'll be right back. I'm lasting terrific spirits with a pen and terrific lyrics. Suffice the life of Christ. Putting natural man on ice like Sesame Street Live. Children's corn, I shuck and jive. Rhymes and beats get me amped, therefore I thrive. Don't ever find it strange. On it, you got five, I got change. Levitating like a seance. Complications of what I said once. Harnessing world winds with a saddle. Watching girls in the battle. Do you know where you need to be Monday nights, 8 o'clock Central, 9 Eastern? You need to be in the ladies' room with Gwen, Janice, and Cam I Am. Join us this coming Monday for some hot, hot, juicy buttermilk topics right here on the Soul of America Radio with Gwen, Janice, and Cam I Am in the ladies' room. Three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Press one to speak with the host. If you're listening via phone and holding right now and want to speak to Tony, press one and you'll be put in a caller's queue. Otherwise, dial three two three seven eight four. Nine six three eight. You can listen or press one if you want to speak. This is the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio, bold and sexy, right here at three two three seven eight four. Nine six three eight. You listen to Tony Stallings live. Tonight, hot, you know, heavy, 
just the way I like it. That's what I'm uh, talking about. What do you think about this I, thing, man? Lay it down to us. Tell us what's up, man. Well, uh, I, I like the topic. The topic has been one that's been uh, highly discussed throughout the country. Um, but to be honest with you, it, it's something that we discussing in our community that's really irrelevant for us to talk about. You know, okay, why is that? Me, it reminds me a lot of, of Sunday mornings, to be honest with you. Reminds me of Sunday mornings when we we all go segregated into these church buildings and preach and teach amongst each other, amongst a whole bunch of people who already know who we is. You know, you, we're not really doing much talking to each other and rallying each other about it, and there's folks outside that don't know much about it. It's, it's on the same level. Uh, for African Americans to be asking the question, is this happening because he's black? It's a question you already know the answer to because you live it every day, mm-hmm. uh, each, each and every one of us. And, and you know, as soon as you leave your house and you, whether you take in public transportation, you, you run into levels of, of, of racism in every aspect of what you do as long as you in that color of skin. So that that's something that we need to, uh, you know, quit quit bothering or bogging ourselves down we're discussing things that we know the answer to already. And this is the, the hottest topic is because we're talking about uh, the leader of the free world, and he's in a position of being the most powerful man in the universe, and that's what we've always come to know the presidency of the United States to be. The difference here is, and, and, and that was key, what you said earlier coming off the break, whether you're listening in China or whatever, this is how we get out in these United States. We back and we love our president. That's what we all have been ingrated within us. We've all been taught that. But one key thing, all of us non-white, non-Caucasian Americans have been taught to, in, to be ingrated and to develop and to have that level of support. For the president of these United States, um, this time the ball the, the the ball is in the other corner, and it's the very first time and the very first opportunity where Caucasian Americans have had the opportunity to show support or not show support of their president, regardless of who he was, because there's never been a regardless of who he was. That's the difference, and that's why we having so much. Uh, uh, we're, we're, we're having and breaking so much ground with our brothers in the Middle East and things of that nature. You got to understand where they're coming from. You know, from from their beginning, from their beginning of time, they've always known to look for president of these United States getting off that Air Force One airplane in their eyes to look like a blonde-haired, blue-eyed devil. That's what they've seen him. Now he gets off the airplane and he looks like your brother. Period. It's the first, that's why the world went crazy when you had Dr. Obama put in the office. The world went crazy. Yes, they see this just might be the second coming. You know what I'm saying? Period. Because the effectualization that he will have across the country will be phenomenal and documentation tells us will be unprecedented. Period. 
You know, I like the way Cat Williams say, you you can look in the in the channels and look and see what 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 has our president always been? White, 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 white. Go ahead and keep turning the pages. I'll wait. White, 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 white. But you don't until you get to number forty four. You see Barack Obama, who is the first black president. So in the first of everything, Tony, mm-hmm. in the first of, and I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm a big sports fanatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first man that came out in sports to announce that he was homosexual, the first things that he had to do in baseball, what he had to deal with, in being the first. There's going to be some backlash. There's going to be some consequences. There's going to be some repercussions. These are all things that you best believe that him and Sister Michelle was discussing in that motorcade on that day of the inauguration. Let me so ask you this, too. We already knew that we was going to be dealing with that. So when you come up and you see homegirl, if you notice in the picture, you see the smile on, on Dr. Obama's face when she pointed the finger. Trust me, baby, we've had generations of ancestors waiting for this opportunity. We knew you was going to come up and point that finger in our face. It was just a matter of time. But let the people know and let the people uh, recognize the fact of when these politicians come up and they show total disregard and disrespect to your president in the in your face in front of the state of on the state of the union address when he stands up and 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 once again uh talks about and 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 we relive and we should be celebrating the successes that our president regardless of color has come and and we celebrate the fact that the man who was responsible for the greatest tragedy in the history of this country, goes down on his watch. He's take care of him. Not only uh, uh, Saddam Hussein, but Osama bin Laden, um, both go down on his watch. Things that Dr. Bush couldn't do, but nonetheless put us in this issue, and then it's his job to bring us out of it. All of these successes, and then you still want to turn up a sour face, and they show the face on them, and they look like they done drunk some sour milk. You know, Doc, let, let me say this. These are things that, once again, as a African in America, that you not only should not be appalled or astonished by is something that goes with the territory as a reflection of our position of success. So you you know there's going to be haters on us on any level that we do because, you know, this country has embedded it from that, you know, from the beginning that any time, whether it be crab in a bucket amongst ourselves, any time a slave succeeds a level of success, there is going to be an effort to pull him down. And why would we expect anything less in the presidency of the United States of America? Let me ask you this, too, and and, and I, I see you 901. I'm going to get to you in just a minute. Okay. In the 60s, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have Facebook to sit around and type on all day and post pictures about the finger waving. We didn't have text messaging. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have iPads and laptops. Okay? Now, in the 60s, we realized that it came with the territory, racism, uh, presidential treatment. It had, in fact, it had come with the territory for 400 years. Okay? Right. But in the 60s, 
Now, for whatever reason, a lot of people say Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, whatever. In the 60s, they stopped going along, realizing that this is the way it is. We just got to accept this. This is racism, baby. This is what it's about. They're in control. My grandmama, her grandmama, my grandmama's grandmama, that's the way it's always been. There has got to be a point. Would you agree? There's got to be a point where, just like in the 60s, they reorganized, they organized, they came together, and they said, look, here's what we're going to do. Right now, everybody's talking about it, everybody's typing about it, everybody's posting pictures, but what the hell are we doing? What are we doing? What? Where, where are the leaders today? Okay, Barack Obama's president. That ain't the dream, baby. That the dream hasn't yeah. been accomplished. No, no, it hasn't. Okay, so what would you suggest? I, I mean, I'm looking at this thing going. We're gonna some. We're gonna have to do something. And I agree with you. We can post pictures on Facebook. We can type our anger out about uh, to Janice Brewer on on our on our lap on our laptops and emails. But what change can we effectuate, in your opinion, today? <laughs> Right. And will get us back into the frame of mind where we ain't thinking about no pants half down our behind. We ain't thinking about the the, the uh, all this crap we got going on that is keeping us busy while we're letting this slip under our nose and just saying, right. hey, baby, right. that's the way it is. Right. So, Tony, this is what, what I would like to see us do is to do what's already being done. See, we as a people cannot lose the message that's in it and the fact that Dr. Barack has showed us, his whole existence has showed us what the most effectual peace would be, period. We, Like you said, we can post all these other things, and I'm not really a proponent of, of all of that. I get all of that, but that's part of their plan to distract us from the true remedy and the true solution. The true solution is continued education and betterment of us individually and in turn as a people. If we can individually bring each other up or once again individually go about your own business better to educate yourself as a people we will ride, folks always going to have those criticisms. They always going to have those efforts to bring us down. I just want everybody to just stop for a moment while you're asking yourself that question. Just think for a moment if Barack took the time to uh, consume himself with putting marches together rather than educating himself to become leader of the Harvard Law Group. And where would he be today? Now, you'd be probably an effectual leader and civil rights advocate throughout the You're the president of the United States. At some point, you dealt with those issues, and you had a real strong woman to come home to to rub you on the head and say, baby, go back out there and get them again. But you continued to deal with those things back then. You're dealing with those things right now, and we're going to be dealing with them things in the future. But the resolution to it is to pull up your pants, put on a damn belt, and get in a damn book. That's what it is. <laughs> well said, well said, and we're going to bring into the conversation uh, 901. I believe that's uh, Tiki. How you doing tonight? Hi, guys. Welcome to the me? Soul of America Radio. 
And what you got on your mind tonight? This topic, baby. You guys gonna have to excuse me if you hear noise. I'm sitting on the floor of my closet. <laughs> Must really right. be in, de- in detail then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through shoes. Oh my but, goodness. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so you've seen all of the pictures. You've seen all. You've heard our talk about it. I'm very <laughs> interested to hear what you got to say about this. You know, the, the, the picture did not affect me. I mean, Jan Boer, just you know, she is who she is, and I was not under any delusions about who she is or who any of our um, non-black sisters and brothers out there who they are. I mean, I'm well aware of who they are. The picture didn't, it really didn't bother me. It was kind of funny to me, uh, particularly if you look at the president's face. The last thing he was thinking about was this silly hooker. You know, right, he didn't right, think right. About her. He have her up, you know. Right. So um, there are some ways, you know, that as a community of people that we can have this president's back. And we're going to have that opportunity this year in November, you know. So uh, my support, my way of having his back, my way of showing outrage and whatever disrespect uh, that has been thrown at him will be exercised um, in in the booth when I cast my vote in November. And that's what I encourage from everybody that that is, and everybody that's been indulging um, their outrage. It's funny to me, you know. Mm -hmm. Barack uh, doesn't need for me to defend him. He's a highly intelligent man. Um, I'm sure that there are things that he and Michelle have had to endure that they are letting roll off their back uh, uh, like water from a duck's butt. You know, mm-hmm. uh, make no mistake. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't uh, want anybody to ever think or be delusional about they can either say anything or do anything in my presence that is disrespectful to him, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just stuff like that. I mean, Jan Brewer, people like her and these other cats, they're non, they're insignificant, really. They're non-entities. Um, I'm not trying to minimize in any way um, the the level of disrespect that occurred, but I wasn't surprised by it. Hell, I come from Selma, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so I, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. It was to be expected. Now, what I'm gonna tell you, whether anybody else was paying attention or not, uh, what did surprise me was that she was allowed to get that close to his person to begin with. That, mm-hmm. that surprised me. You know what I'm saying? Without mm-hmm. The Secret Service being in that that photo. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, her being a governor that might have had something to do with it. I mean, she could have she could have licked him. She was so close, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I, I you know, no, I'm not buying into that one. You couldn't have got that close to Reagan, <laughs> particularly particularly after Reagan got shot that time. So, <laughs> you know, since, actually since that time. If you look at photos, people really weren't allowed to get that close to, to the president without him initiating some kind of contact. So that that kind of surprised me. I was like, wow, she, she's pretty close for no for no Secret Service to actually be in that photo, in that shot. But it, it is widely reported, though, um, and I've been actively searching for the, for the uh, video because I think it's funny, that um, he walked away while she was still talking. 
Now, that's what I want to see. You know, you've got people out here interested in that finger point. I want to see the video where he walked away when the took was still running her mouth. Actually, it's out there on YouTube, but the the angle of the camera has the limo between he and her. And, you know, Barack sort of does that cool shift to the left and sort of like (laughs) pimps over to the left side. (laughs) I mean, really, go to YouTube and put in raw footage of, I think it's called raw footage of, of a meeting with uh, Obama and Brewer, and he talks to her while, and then look, he does it so cool. He just does that little shift to the left and kind of pimps over to the <laughs> like, like B. I ain't studying you. <laughs> right, right, right. That cat's something else. I like him. I go ahead on and like him. You know. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I I feel what you're saying. Um, there have been some very obvious disrespects for him. Um, although I agree. I agree that we can't always speak from one one thing is for certain. He respects the office enough not to get in any kind of verbal confrontation with people. And in the 60s, I don't know if you remember, you're, you're a little younger than me, but in the 60s when Martin Luther King would take public hits, a lot of the leaders came in his defense publicly which really began to let people realize that uh that we were organized and that we weren't uh uh we were things were beginning to change. Levi is on the line. How you doing tonight, Levi? I'm doing pretty good, Mr. T I got a flight cold but you got me hot so I had to call you. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, sweat it out, baby, sweat it out. <laughs> in the Republican corner in the next election, 
we need to have Barack Obama in a verbal conversation in the face of a white woman that would turn off white women to vote for him in the next election. Wow. I mean, that's the thing that came across my mind. So we have to be very careful about how we deal with these kinds of things from a from a political standpoint because mm. I, the first thing I thought about, as I said, that whole thing could be staged. Mm. You know, and he did, when they talked to him about it, he did say, he did blow it over. He said, hey, it was taken way out of proportion. And, and that was the right thing he could have said. You brought an interesting right. point up, Levi, I never had thought about. Um, look over the period from the 60s when, when racial... You know, thing was real hot, racial equality, when we were affecting a change. Look at Emmett Till. The fastest way to get a black man murdered in Mississippi, right. Alabama, was to say he whistled at a white woman. I'm telling you. And I, I can see that now that you're saying it, because if we got this image, and, you know, he had the best expression he could have had. Oh, Lord, I'm so glad they captured that expression. It didn't right. show anger. It, right. it it didn't show uh, uh, any kind of confrontation from his side. But right. you're right. You're absolutely right. It could have been a plant. And let me ask you this. With that in mind, with that in mind, and, and even with that in mind, do you feel personally that, I know the Republican Party's in trouble, and they got Newt Gingrich out, and he's, man, I tell you, he said so many racist statements. He called the president a food stamp president. Uh, he talked about his dad being from Kenya. He tried to assume that he's not from this country. Do you still think that Barack Obama has a chance for a second term? I do. I, I think, uh, I, and, and I, I saw some of the political operatives talking about it over the weekend. And I, I think the best thing that could happen to Barack Obama was, would be to go up against Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich has got so much baggage out there that really the conservative Republicans are scared to death that he's going to get the nomination. I think that would help. Even though uh, Newt Gingrich is very intelligent, he's very articulate, but that man, uh, and, and especially in the issue that I just talked about, uh, getting the vote of white women Because Newt Gingrich is a guy who's talked about Having an open marriage He's a mm-hmm. guy who asked his first wife For a divorce when she was on his death When she was on her deathbed Because he wanted to get Get on with his next woman And move right. on in his political career That man's got a lot of baggage in his, uh, in his background When it comes down to women And if him against Barack Obama I, I, I think it's almost certain Obama would be reelected Romney is the guy that that would present a challenge. Wow. And, and I'm beginning to see that, too. I'm thinking the pathway, and I think they're beginning to get a little desperate. So I agree with you. Why not throw a white woman out there? That's the fastest way to get a Negro hung. I'm telling you. <laughs> Hold on to that thought. We're going to be right back after this break. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get to a few more calls. we got 314. We're going to get back to Tiki. We're going to get back to Two. And we're going to get back to Levi. Hold on. You're going to listen to the show.
<laughs> Thursday nights, right here on the Soul of America Radio, you need to join in and listen to Dr. Bo, a.k.a. Big Easy. Big Easy comes on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, 9 Eastern, to help you foster healthy relationships. I'm telling you, some things have been learnt on Dr. Bo's show. Let's straighten it out. So you come on to Radio this Thursday, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, 9 Eastern, and you check out the one and only Dr. Bo, also known as Big Easy, right here on the Soul of America Radio. My name is Bernadette Salmon, and you know me as Selma from the TV show Good Times. And I am hanging out with Tony on the soul of American Radio. Bush 2, Bush 2, and 18 times 
during Reagan's administration. Now, suddenly, with Barack Obama, a shiny new president is set in regards to raising the debt ceiling. Another never-before-seen incident is born. And with that, I'm going to welcome to Soul of America Radio, Sarge. How are you doing tonight, Sarge? Uh, good, e- good evening, sir. How are you? Oh, breathing in and breathing out, man. What's going on? Well, uh, I want to respond to your question about uh, why has no one uh, ever questioned the president's birth certificate before. Okay. All right. Actually, the issue... The issue isn't actually his birth certificate. The issue is whether or not he qualifies under Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5 of the Constitution as a natural-born citizen. And, in fact, he just legally stipulated to that fact that he is not qualified as a natural-born citizen because they, uh, uh, in, in a courtroom hearing in Georgia at which he was supposed to appear, at which he had been subpoenaed to appear, mm-hmm. at which his attorney wrote a letter to the judge in the hearing and to the Secretary of State saying that he and his client were suspending their participation in the hearing, and therefore, by default, he lost, you know, kind of like when you, you know, there's a game schedule, mm-hmm. you know, as the other team suits up on the field and you don't show up, mm-hmm. because you just said we're not coming to the game, then you lose. So legally, he has stipulated the fact that, A, he is not a natural-born citizen. B, he has 27 Social Security numbers, which are unexplained as to why he has 27 different Social Security numbers in his name, at address to the individuals who lived at addresses at which he is known to have lived, that he has a property in Cook County Hospital, that is uh, Cook County, uh, Illinois, his house at 5046 South Greenwood, that has six, counting six different property identification numbers, listed at a property, not one of which has either Michelle's or his name on them. The fact that he has no college records and will not provide his college records that he ever attended Occidental or College or Occidental or Columbia College. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was subpoenaed to provide those documents and he didn't. The fact that his birth certificate was testified to by numerous experts at the hearing to be a forged well and not actually forged, uh, since he didn't submit it in a legal matter, but an altered copy of a PDF file upon which lines of text had been copied and pasted from various actual, factual, original birth certificates from the period, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that uh, uh, they, it was cobbled up probably in the White House. We don't know where, but probably in the White House, but it cannot be a copy of an original document from 1961 because the personal computer didn't exist. They uh, also put uh, Supreme Court decisions concerning what constitutes a natural-born citizen – from the Minor versus Hapset decision of 1874, from the Wong Kim Ark uh, versus United States uh, decision, Perkins versus Hale, the Venus Merchant Man case of 1814, all of which give definition of natural born citizens, of which Barack Obama does not qualify for, and much, 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 much more evidence, all entered under oath with corroborating evidence, and Barack Obama didn't even show up to contest it. Now, what was I heard about this um, this court hearing in Georgia where he was subpoenaed, and that was when now? January the 26th. I was there, sir. Oh, you I went? At, I went to Fulton County Courthouse in Atlanta, and I, I witnessed the entire proceeding. And so what came out of that since he didn't show up? Well, the, the, according to the defense, the, the, the uh, judge took the people back into his chambers the judge told them he was prepared to enter a declaratory judgment on their behalf. Now, remember, this hearing is whether or not uh, Barack Obama is qualified under Georgia law to appear on the ballot as a, president, as a candidate 
for President of the United States. Remember, he was not subpoenaed as President Obama. He was subpoenaed as Mr. Obama, candidate for President of the United States on the Georgia ballot in 2012. So we've got to make that distinction. He wasn't put, that's why he didn't send a U.S. attorney. He sent his private attorney, or he should have, but his private attorney said he wasn't going to show up, and neither was his client. But anyway, the judge said he was prepared to issue a declaratory judgment on behalf of the plaintiffs. But the plaintiff said, Your Honor, before you do that, we want to enter all this evidence into the record under oath, which they did. And then the judge says he's going to issue a ruling, a recommendation to this Georgia Secretary of State, Mr. Kemp, who, by the way, responded to uh, 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 Attorney Michael Jablonski's letter by telling him that he ignored this hearing of the uh, Office of State Administrative Hearings, that he ignored it at his and his client's legal peril. Uh, and so the judge is going to send his recommendation back to the Secretary of State, uh, giving his recommendations of what should be done. It will then be up to the Secretary of State of Georgia to decide whether or not to allow Barack Obama to be on the ballot in Georgia. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Now, 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 I'm assuming that Georgia is the only is the only state that has done this action because I know I've heard of it, but Georgia is the only state that has done this, correct? Georgia is the only adjudicatory body in the nation that has heard these all these dozens and there's all together between the state and federal suits. There have been hundreds of suits about this. It is the only adjudicatory body to decide to hear the case on the merits. Now that I predict to you, sir, this is going to start a cascade and a flood tide. There are other states contemplating it. They are Indiana, Alabama, Arizona, a couple of other states. There are probably four, four or five other states contemplating this. Now that this evidence is on the record about Obama's questionable background, including his citizenship, I mean his natural-born citizenship, his attendance at colleges, all of this is on the record under oath with no response from him. No, understand it. No response. He didn't well, send a lawyer. Now, I would have two I, questions. I and and if other states will look at this and proceed accordingly. I, I would have two questions on this. And the first question would be, why now? And the second question would be, shouldn't this be handled at a federal level first? Because the federal level determines the authenticity of the person running for president. No, sir, that is not true. In fact, that is the loophole right now. There are no federal statutes concerning uh, candidates for president of the United States having to provide their bona fides and the providence to prove they are qualified to run for president. That is a loophole. That's what he's relying on right now. There is no legislation other than what the words of the Constitution, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5, which says that none but a natural-born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible for the office of president. And the, but the Constitution does, does definitely, definitively give the right to determine the manner of uh, balloting and the, and the manner in which uh, candidates can decide to run within a state to the states. It is exclusively to the states. The federal government has no say-so in deciding who gets put on a state's ballot. It is not a federal issue to decide. That's long been established in constitutional law. It's up to and how the electors for the Electoral College are allocated. Of course, they're allocated on the basis of the, the, the sum total of the senators and representatives each state has. But it's up to the states to determine how they will be allocated to the candidates, whether it be winner-take-all, whether they be allocated on the basis of the proportion of the votes they get, or whatever. Each state decides that for itself. 
So, no, it is not up to the federal government to decide. It is up to the state to decide whether or not a candidate qualifies to be on its ballot. And Georgia has a mechanism to allow any voter to challenge a candidate on the basis of his qualifications. It's a Georgia state law. Any candidate for local, state, or federal office can be challenged under Georgia law. These people brought sufficient evidence to the judge to convince him that a hearing ought to be held as a matter. It's not like you can just say, oh, I don't think somebody is a qualified because I don't like him. You've got to come up there with some evidence. And, boy, these people came up with a mountain of it to show under Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5 of the United States Constitution. Well, you know, it's amazing. I think Newt Gingrich um, came up with the Kenyan anti-colonial behavior comment where he says that uh, um, he defined president as foreign, and uh, he's, you know, never mind the facts. President Obama wasn't reared by his father in Kenya, with whom he spent only a month out of his 50 years on the earth. Um, the strategy, and it is a strategy, I, I think Newt Gingrich did this in September 2010, was also started by Sarah Palin in, Sarah Palin in 2008. Donald Trump, in, in April 2011, um, came and decided that he had enough information for uh, a challenge on his birth and his, uh, his, 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 his rights as a citizen. And so the news organizations invited Trump on the air unchallenged with zero proof of what he was saying, that what he was saying speaks volumes in the state of journalism. Trump was completely comfortable in demanding that a U.S. president show his papers. And he, he showed his papers. The thing about that is, and, 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 and I heard what you said, and I don't disagree. You sound like you're very well informed. Uh, I've heard bits and pieces of what's going on in Georgia. Um, I don't believe, and I could be wrong, I don't believe a president is obligated uh, to, to show up. But that just pretty much feeds into what I was saying initially, what the, what the, the, the concept of the show was. The, 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 the concept of the show is the fact that his birth certificate and his 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 authenticity his authenticity to run in Georgia is even being challenged. He produced his birth certificate and he offered it from what I was understanding for challenge. Donald Trump eventually let this go. Anybody can go down and file anything in the court on anybody. Even even I, I could come up and say, Well well Sarge broke into my house or or I could I could accuse you of being from China. I could go in and file any document, any paperwork. I can I can make a charge. But the the pretense of the show is that this sort of thing is happening for a reason. And to me, if and and I could be wrong, and I'm not going against anything you said, Sarge. You sound very informed. You sound very uh, knowledgeable of the matter. You sound very passionate about it. So please don't get this wrong. I just find the timing of this thing rather unique. He he's been in office almost four years now, and it is just beyond me that all of a sudden. 
after Clear Blue Sky, after Palin tried it, after Gingrich tried it, after uh, uh, Donald Trump tried it, we've got this new, brand new thing in Georgia that presented all these documents that Donald Trump missed. You know, Donald Trump spent half, he spent a lot of money digging up on Barack Obama. He spent a lot of money. And nothing ever came out of it. Now, whether or not that will happen in Georgia, I don't know. I, I would be a fool to say that what you're saying is wrong because I don't have enough information. And apparently you have. And I really appreciate the call, Sarge. I'm looking for you calling back, and uh, that is good information. Uh, I will definitely look more into it. I plan on doing another show about this soon, and uh, hopefully I can get you to call back and, and give you some more intelligent conversation on it. But... The thing remains is there have been dozens and dozens of instances that I've talked about tonight where a man that is president of the United States has had things presented to him that no other president has ever had. Nobody. And nobody called in to take me up on my challenge regarding this with other presidents. I mean, there there are things, there are people out there, there are Republicans whose sole political strategy, the sole political strategy is to make sure Obama is a one-term president. And that's it. And... One of the underlying premises of disrespect towards the president is that he can be ordered around and dictated like he's a laundry boy. The presumption that a U.S. president can be ordered around is a new phenomenon that appears to have gotten underway since around January 2009. From big-mouth congressmen to millionaires with nothing to do you name it. They are all inherently believe that they can order president, the president around. We need this. We need that. Prove this. Prove that. At least the Israeli uh, uh, prime minister uh, uh, is, is an actual leader of something, regardless. Regardless. This thing, and I'm wrapping up the show now, this thing about Arizona Governor Jan Brewer, it speaks for itself. The photo speaks for itself. It needs no explanation. It's very obvious to me, in my mind, that this has everything to do with race when it boils down to it. And you say, well, Tony, how can you make such a a blatant discussion? How can you say that? I lived in the 60s. I lived in Selma, Alabama. I saw people pointing their faces, pointing their fingers in the face of black men. I saw that. This isn't nothing that I'm making up. And that particular photo was eerily assembled to some of the things that you can find on YouTube right now if you look it up. Look, people, it's time to wake up. The number, uh, I got to give you that number again. Look, write the congressman, call her, go to soulofamericaradio.com, and uh, go to topics, click on topics, then click on Obama. Right here at Executive Tower, 1700 West Washington Street, Phoenix, Arizona, 
Honorable Janice K. Brewer, Arizona Governor, Executive Tower, 1700 West Washington Street. I'll go to uh, azgovernor.gov, A as in Apple, Z as in Zebra, governor.gov, and get contact information. Call her at 602-542-4331. Let's get our voice heard. It's time to wake up. It's time to do something. I apologize for all the callers I could not get to tonight. I only got a couple because I just really wanted to rant on about this tonight. Thanks to Levi. Thanks thanks to Tiki. Thanks to Sarge. And everybody, anybody else I missed, and I saw the. Um, I'm sorry. I apologize to uh, to three one four, to three three four, to two o five, and to seven o seven. I apologize. Y'all be blessed. Keep soaring, and remember that you can make a difference in 2008. Go vote, like Tiki said. Go vote. Let's stand behind this man in the box. You be easy. Take care. I love you. I really do, and there's nothing you can do about it. Keep soaring, baby. I'm Tony Stallings. We're gone. All of America Radio is soaring on, baby. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.